Welcome to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. It's your girl, Jess Bergio. I created this show as a way to connect deeper with each of you, to remind you you are not alone, that you were made for the hard shit. As creatives, entrepreneurs, moms, CEOs, we are magic, and each of us has a unique gift and purpose to share. I hope you feel encouragement, support, connections, and real, raw, authentic moments as you tune in. Life is not meant to be perfect, so stop and remind yourself that you can find happiness in the day-to-day while building the life of your dreams. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode, and if you'd like to get weekly words of encouragement, text me the word FRIDAY to 619-332-3045. Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. It's your girl, Jess Bergio, with another incredible guest that I'm so honored to have today, uh, another Italian. And so I had to ask how to pronounce his last name. And he's like, do you want the simple English people version or do you want the Italian way? And I was like, <laughs> I want the Italian way. I'm, I'm a Bergio. I think I'm like 2% Italian, I found out. So that's what I'm holding on to. And uh, we've got Mario in the house today. And he is going to share with us so many things that we need to hear. You guys are going to go to church a little bit today because both Mario and I share this kind of ethos around helping people get unstuck from the self-doubt that holds them back in order to do, be, have what they want in life. Um, And you know, this podcast means the world to me um, when it comes to just showing up authentically and really trying to put yourself out there in a world that it's a little noisy and it's hard to stand out sometimes. And that self-doubt holds us back. Um, So Mario Lanzarati, welcome to the show. (laughs) <laughs> Jess, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm so, we both are excited because we this podcast has been a few months in the making because we both were busy and I think I had to reschedule and our time differences. So where are you right True. now? So right now I'm in northern part of Germany for another two weeks before heading down to South Africa, Cape Town. How cool is that? What's what's <laughs> what's it what's over there? Are you headed to do some work or are you gonna get some some downtime? So I've been living the digital nomad for the past three years and been traveling all over the world. And South Africa is where I will be setting up base camp. I've been going to Cape Town for the past uh, 16 years, back and forward. And so it's become my home. And um, yeah, you you know, I will be doing both leisure business uh, and both together at the same time. So exciting. That like... That speaks to my soul. And I'm, I think to myself, man, I miss those opportunities when I was younger and I didn't have the responsibility of being a parent at the time to travel and do those things because I was scared. I think there was self-doubt that I won't know what I'm doing. I won't make any money. I won't be able to do and live that kind of a life. So um, I love watching people like you do that and create a business and a life where they can do those things. Um, so it's it's really really awesome to watch people like live their dream and like be in it not just talking about it yeah and, and you know as you rightly say it's there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of doubt, doubt that holds so many people back you know i always say i say this self-doubt kills more dreams than a lack of money ever could and if you don't learn how to befriend the voice that's in your head you're going to live a very, very limited life. And oftentimes that ends up you looking back into the past with regret, thinking, you know, what if I should have, I could have maybe. And that's just not a life that is full of joy 
self-expression freedom and, and ultimately that's what we all want at the end of the day is just how we get there and that's what i'm happy to talk to you about today how we're going to do that right oh what you just said like hit home because so many people stay in the busyness of doing that they avoid you know the things that are uncomfortable and often the feeling we have isn't like oh i'm so bummed i did that thing it's oh my gosh i'm so bummed i didn't try to do that thing or i didn't put myself out there to be invited to even be a part of that thing Um, as a projector for me i've been learning human design i had no idea what it was up until like a year and a half ago and i was like why has it always been so important for me to be invited and now i know it's part of the projector design but also it comes with, I have to put myself out there in order for people to see me to invite me. So it's almost like I have to be both the roles of creating some things and then also being in alignment to be asked and invited into stuff. And so the self-doubt, like if people do invite me, old me was like me, you want me to do that? Like I could never, (laughs) but now I'm like, oh, you see something in me that I could have value. And then it's, I've learned the language around how to a talk about myself to other people, but to talk to myself, whether it's talking myself into doing the things that are scary and hard or convincing myself that like, maybe that's not where I should be, even though I was invited. So how do you start to help people understand how self-doubt's possibly holding themselves back, especially for, I feel like a lot of people are lying to themselves in this day and age that no, I'm confident or no, I don't, I don't deal with self-doubt. Like those aren't, you don't go get a prescription for self-doubt, anxiety, depression, you can go get a pill for that sleeping, but for self-doubt, there's, there's no quick fix. Yeah. I mean, first of all, we need to understand what self-doubt even is and self-doubt what it really comes down is a mental conversation in which your mind is trying to find a solution to a perceived problem. Now, this is very important to to nail to zero in on that because the mind is looking for something and it's looking for a solution for a problem. Now, this problem is a completely made up thing. That's not there are no problems in the world. It's all about a perspective. So it's essentially having this internal war with ourselves the whole time. And that's also why much of the self-development stuff that you see out there doesn't work because it's just very superficial. Mm. And, you know, ultimately we have to ask ourselves the question, what is it that I really, really want? And, you know, people will say, I want that the one, I want the raise. I want that business. I want to travel like Mario all over the world. I want that family like jazz you know, i want to be married you know i want that dream body there's so many things but what is it that you think that that thing will give you that's what you really want there are these positive emotions that we that we think we will get once we achieve whatever uh, goal we have right. and so you have to go straight to the emotion right it's peace it's love it's joy it's it's a sense of freedom that's what we want that's what we want And that is always available. Now, the secret here is, you know, you talked about anxiety. You talked about how there's a pill for anxiety and, you know, there's a pill for depression and all that. But what what are those things really? Nobody really asked that question. It's sort of just accepted. Oh, I have anxiety. And then people, you know, talk about that. Like it's sort of their handbag that they're carrying. Oh, yeah, my anxiety is showing up. And, you know, today I'm not feeling it. And I'm like, well, it looks like that's a part of who you are and anxiety really doesn't exist. If you were to cut me open in half and you look for a label inside of me that says anxiety, 
you're never going to find it. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that you do not experience something that some people call anxiety. It's very real. It's a physical sensation in your body, usually in the upper part of the body, in the torso, uh, combined with uh, fast uh, breathing. It's like shallow, fast breathing. And the challenge with that, and this is the same challenge that self-doubt has these days, is that people perceive it as something bad. Oh, you shouldn't have doubt. Oh, I shouldn't have anxiety, right? So what, what does that? That creates an inner war with yourself. So now, and this is where we get back to the conversation. It's like, now you're like, oh my God, I'm doubting myself. Oh, but I shouldn't doubt myself. Oh, damn, I'm already 35 and I, I did 10 courses. I went to Tony Robbins and I spent $20,000. Oh my God, Jess, why are you still doubting yourself? You've spoken to 50,000 people. Oh my, that's okay. No, you can't, no. So there's this whole thing happening in your mind. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> and then what do you do? You try to get rid of that by achieving a goal. You think the conversation will stop once you hit 10K. Then you get to 10K and it stops for 0.25 seconds. And you feel great about yourself. And you're like, hmm, but what if it's not enough? I'm, I'm, what, what's next, you know? And then you keep going for the next. And going for another thing is not, nothing wrong with that. Not at all. However, it's the, not the ability to not enjoy what you have and who you are. That's denying yourself of that sense of, of having arrived somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so the solution is in changing the relationship with this voice inside of your mind. Same as the physical sensation in your body rather than fighting it. Right. That is so interesting that we are having this conversation on my podcast today. I just was at an event this past weekend and the host of the event started going down a rabbit hole about anxiety and mm. he was sharing that him and another stylist were going to create a course for anxious stylists for anxious mm. people in our industry in the beauty industry and i thought to myself oh that's so unrelatable to me because i don't mm. deal with quote unquote anxiety I feel anxious sometimes in relation to something I'm excited about or something I don't know how to do or a big scary vision I have because I never, never done it before. And you're right. If I really tap into it, it's there's doubt or fear around the things that are causing me to feel anxious and have that shortness of breath or not be able to like think clearly or, or, you know, you're feeling kind of out of sorts in your body. And um, I always felt like I couldn't say what you just said that, not that anxiety doesn't exist in its sense, but that like, and I know I mean, my best friend struggled with quote unquote anxiety attacks. And, you know, when you know somebody well enough, you can see, I could have told you that was going to happen based off of how you're living your life um, and what you're doing and even what you're eating and who you're surrounding yourself with and what propaganda you're ingesting and like how you're <laughs> showing up. That's what's causing your anxiety. You're, you're, you're yeah. doing it to yourself. Um, just like a lot of ailments that people struggle with obesity, um, you know, being there, there's a lot of things we could dive into as to how you ended up having that sensation or that reality in your life. Um, right. but if you go back to the feeling, like you said, of mine was always peace and presence and, you know, your example of the 10,000 followers is a really good one that I, I also to share because sometimes we get stuck in comparison that if so-and-so is on social media doing their thing and they look uber successful um, and they have 10,000 followers or 100,000 and it looks like they're selling out this and that. I too must, must get to that level in order to hopefully feel what I think they're feeling, which is what 
happiness, peace, excitement, fulfillment, whatever the case. Um, and it was through breath work that I discovered because they kept asking me to come in with an intentional, like, how do you want to feel when you leave? And I was like, I don't know, less anxious, which again, I didn't <laughs> feel like I had anxiety, but I just wanted to be at peace with where I was at in my life at that current time. And that's actually a lot easier to obtain than you think, right? Because I got to decide that I could be at peace with even the chaos that was going on. I didn't actually have to change anything or do anything differently. I just had to reframe it. Um, so let's dive into that a little bit because I know you've been a TEDx speaker, you're a mindset mastery coach, you have over half a million views. Um, and I, I just feel like you gotta have learned some things at this point. And I think it all stemmed from somewhere, right? You had to have a story. You didn't just show up like this one day, did you? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> no, because I did my research and I know, and I watched so many of your videos and, um, I love and that's why I have this podcast is to make it more relatable for people to see people who are maybe living their dream that they don't think they can accomplish because they're stuck in the self doubt and comparison. And you were there several years ago too, because you posted that post with Tony Robbins and you talked about that and like just those feelings of like what you wish you would have started. And that was me with this podcast. I waited five fucking years to start this podcast after watching two of my mentors start theirs. It was like, I had to wait to see if they'd be successful and then compare myself to episode one and be like, well, I don't have that many downloads. What is it? She's got 40 million downloads. Yeah. Well, she's been recording for five years. Like <laughs> that was such an unfair comparison. Of course she's further ahead than me. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got so, uh, you know, obsessed with this work and helping people get out of their own way? Yeah, th th thank you. That's a great question. I mean, for me, this started after high school. In I was born and raised in Germany um, to Itali an Italian father, Sicilian father and German mother. And I was the first one in my immediate family that wanted to do something that was very different from what everybody else was doing. At the time, I just knew I had no idea what to do with my life. I just knew that I wanted something grandiose because for me, having arrived in life and having made it was, you know, to be deemed by other people. So if someone else looks at me and says, damn, Mario, you really, you're really crushing it. Then I would gain my sense of my sense of approval, my mm -hmm. sense of uh, confidence from that. And so I look for the most difficult thing I could potentially find. And that was at the time for me becoming a pilot in Germany for Lufthansa. And 93% of all the people that applied throughout the application process failed. And if you ever failed at one stage, you can never reapply again for life. That's it. So it's really, really difficult, which made it even more even more sexy for me because it's like, oh my God, this is like, the, I'm going to be the one that makes it and everyone's going to look at me and say, yeah, you're the shit. So I through myself at that and through extreme hard work and, 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 and discipline, I made it through all the tests. It took me one and a half years. I made it. I was extremely happy. First day I show up at the school, I walk into the school and it was like a train hit me emotionally. I was like, oh God, this is not who you are. This is not what you want to do with your life. And having invested so much time on your energy, I was like, nope. Nope, shut up up there. No, 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 not going to listen. So what followed was a slip disc in my back, which caused me chronic back pain 24-7. I couldn't sit, sleep, or stand without pain. It was excruciating. I went from 
working out six, seven days a week, Muay Thai, soccer, gym, you, running, you name it, to doctors telling me you can't do anything, uh, misdiag being misdiagnosed, injections, therapies, everything just became worse and worse and worse and worse. On top of that, I started becoming depressed um, and my, my, my state just spiraled downwards. Combine that with being a male in Germany uh, as, as a man, you know, that masculinity at that point for me was not an idea or a topic that was developed. So all I knew was don't talk about your weakness. Don't talk about how you feel. So I just swallowed everything up, just swallowed everything up. And I, I spiraled downwards. And I remember the morning where I woke up and I couldn't move my legs anymore. I was paralyzed for a moment. And it came so bad that I was playing with the idea of, of committing suicide. And that lasted for about two weeks. And while I was in that state and feeling so absolutely mortifyingly alone because I couldn't, I didn't give myself permission to talk about it. I don't know what I typed into YouTube, but I ended up finding Tony Robbins and Les Brown. And I hit play. And my first thought was, oh, scam artists, these American sales marketing people that are just trying to sell you some life insurance don't listen but something inside me said no keep listening and i did and it was just like it was just like the veil was being lifted and inside of me it was just like things are moving into place and it was this it was this boom this is it this is who you are this is what you're supposed to do and i was blown away and you know that was the beginning point for me it would take me another seven years to even start because I was so full of doubt because then I decided to quit my career. Then I had to face my family who were like, no one understood. It was like, what? You're throwing away this golden ticket. Oh my goodness. And then in Germany, you know, a coach and speaker is something that you do after 20 years of having a PhD in psychology. And even then it's like, hmm, what is that? So I was, you know, I was going and up, going against an uphill battle pretty much a very, very, very long time. And then I started picking this up just for myself and not talking about it too much. And I started seeing the differences in me um, doing these mindset shifts and, 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 and starting to meditate and starting to venture into plant medicine and psychedelics and, and, and the seminars, the coaching seminars, the Tony Robbins and started just adding up and up and up and up. And at that point, I started sharing. I was like, I'm not going to keep this to myself anymore. So I started talking about it at universities where I was a student as well. I was talk talking about how I went from depressed to now living my life happily again. And students came back to me and said, Mario, what you said to me yesterday, oh my God, it made such a difference. I feel so much better. I'm like, really? And I started hearing that everywhere. Right? Really? 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 And I started, you know, that was the moment for me where I felt like, okay, this is completely different because now I'm experiencing how giving is making my life 10,000 times better. Mm, that's so good. Ugh. I just had to take a deep breath. I love listening to people's stories. I love, you know, I love knowing that, you know, there came a point in time where you had to make a decision. Um, and I think you're one of my second guests in the recent months who shared a pretty dramatic story about where they were at <clears throat> and taking just a few weeks or a couple days at this, my other, my other um, guest, I think it was just a couple of hours. He said, oh, I can do it in an hour. I can take, I can take my life in an hour. Uh, but let me first look at how, how, how do I find happiness? What does happiness yeah. 
Where, where do you find that? How do you attain that? Yeah. And uh, more recently, I heard someone share a story of, I think it was Brendan Bouchard talking about, you know, he felt at a time in his life that way when he was just out of high school or going into college and his girlfriend broke up with him and he shared that he didn't want to live anymore. And what he realized when he came out of that fog was that it wasn't that he didn't want to live anymore. He just didn't know how to live. And I think that's very similar to like what you're sharing about not having self-doubt. I love that the first thing you said was we all have that doubt. It's the story we've created around that we even have doubt that's made it a bad thing. And it's okay to be doubtful that you might not be able to do something, especially if you've never done it. Um, I always give the analogy of being a parent, you know, like people wait so long because they think maybe they won't be a good parent or they, you know, and then this little human comes and you better just figure it out. But like, we don't do that with our business. We don't do that with choices in our life sometimes. Um, Cause you're not just going to stick the baby in the closet till you feel like coming back to trying again, um, where you're like, oh, that didn't really work out for me. I'm not interested. Like, right, but we do that with things in our life because we tried once and maybe it didn't come out the way we thought it was going to, or we thought that goal was going to make us feel some type of way, like you said. And it wasn't until I realized that's what I was doing. Also the proving. And I think your story about going into the pilot school is very relatable to so many people who go to college or who think that doing that thing is going yeah. to give them that feeling. Um, and then they put their head down and they just grind it out. And so many people wake up one day, 15, 20 years into a career or and, and think, what the fuck am I doing here? How did I end up here? This is never what I wanted to do, but it was the safe thing to do. It was what I was conditioned to do growing up. Um, nobody else did anything different. And I think that's the beautiful thing about having conversations like this and podcasts and you getting brave enough to share your story of where you were and how you finally decided to make a change and just start talking about things that were changing for you. Um, And I think, you know, I was sharing with you my personal branding membership that I have. It's that little secret sauce of just being able to share something relatable, a piece that you have in you that helped you with other people, even if that's not what you quote unquote sell, or it's the secret sauce that makes your brand you because there's a relatable story in there. Um, and, and so from there, you, you, you found Tony, you started talking and sharing this with co- local colleges. People started saying what you were saying was making an impact. Um, but I mean, we don't just wake up on a TEDx stage one day. We you just don't. Okay. So walk us through that because I know you're a mindset mastery coach. You have done the TEDx stuff. You, you've worked with CEOs, Olympians, like you've, you've been doing the thing. So, um, yeah. if people are like, oh, having that moment, like you did when you found Tony Robbins and they're listening to this podcast and they're like, wow, Mario is a little bit more relatable. Like I, I totally feel myself in this story. Um, I too want to maybe coach or talk about things that have created great habits in my life that have helped me manifest things or visualize or, you know, mindset stuff that maybe I could do it too. Like, where do they go from there? You start sharing and, and then what happens? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and first of all, let me say this, anybody that anything that I'm doing, whoever you are listening to this, you can do better. Yes. I don't consider myself special in any kind of way. Um, I consider myself unique, but not special. And, you know, it's really getting clear. First of all, do you truly genuinely want to help people? That's the first question that you need to answer. And if the, because some people, I see that they make it more about themselves. You know, they might seem like, oh, it's a really cool thing. Coaching, speaking, you know, talking in public, going, being on stages they make it about themselves. And if that's who you are, you know, that's okay. 
I can just tell you, you're not going to go far with that because people will see through that. But if the answer is genuinely yes, then I would say, first of all, get clear on why. Why do you want to help people? You know, and the the the, the for me, I can t- share this with you. After I quit my career at Lufthansa, I was really mad at the world. I was like, how can this be possible? I did all the things that I was supposed to be doing according to society. I had all the boxes ticked and here I ended up depressed. And I was like, this must be rigged, this thing. And then I went into the conspiracy route, you know, the whole elite families and the reptiles and whatever, you name it. I I looked at everything and I just got really angry. I was like, oh, we got to kill these people, you know? And I was like, wait a second. Now I'm becoming just the same thing. I was like, oh man, that's not going to work. That sucks. So then I asked myself, well, how do I actually create a better world? And the answer was to be to become better, you know, to do better. And that means lifting the the, the elevating the level of consciousness on, on which I am operating. Because if I, you know, take a look at that. If you look at America right now, it is more divided than ever. And I believe the reason is because. People are fighting one another because they're fighting themselves. You know, you will never see me at an anti-war, anti-racist rally. Why? Because I don't want racism or war to perpetuate. You know, you see people on the far left that, you know, oppose the far right. Now the far left has become super aggressive and, and hostile, you know, burning down buildings, beating up people, killing others. What's the point? So what, whatever you hate, you become. So... I looked at myself like, why do I want to do this? Okay, I want to, I want to help people free themselves from self-doubt, you know, the thing that's holding them back in life. So that then helped me to look at myself and say, where in my life have I, have I done that? And how has that impacted my life? So I started creating stories around my own life that I could share with other people because that's what people want to hear. People want to hear your story. They want they don't want to they don't want to hear you know, hey, if you do coaching and NLP and this and this is going to change, this is really good for you. If you do 10 push-ups, this is really good for you. It's like, great. Tell me how you were 200 pounds overweight and you started doing two push-ups a day and you were crying at the same time. And then you were praying and you were doing three and four and five. And someone's going to sit in the audience and say, oh my goodness, this is me. You're speaking to me, you know? So it's creating those stories and understanding your own journey and then sharing them, sharing them without an expectation. Don't share them because you want to sell someone something. Share because you want to inspire, you want to connect, you want to serve another person. And I did that. Man, I did a lot of that. When I came to New York, so I moved to New York after I graduated um, fashion management in Berlin. And and the first thing I did in New York was join Toastmasters. Toastmasters is, is the biggest public speaking organization in the world. And I just started sharing my story genuinely sharing my story. I became really vulnerable and authentic. And I was just saying, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. This is how, what I used to deal with. And people would say, oh, wow, that was really great. And they would give me feedback. And, you know, once thing to the next, it just become more and more and more. I started being invited to universities, to colleges, to speak to bigger audiences. And at some point, one of my friends is like, bro, you keep talking about that one day dream and you're going to become a coach and a speaker and charge money. When are you actually going to get started? And I was like, oh, I hate you. Oh, man. <laughs> Called you out. Exactly. And then, you know, I started taking on trial clients. And then I started taking on paid clients. But it really starts there with you, with you being the example of what it is that you want people to adopt. 
I love that. So good. It's so true because I literally was just speaking this into existence in the group just an hour ago about there not being a secret blueprint of how you show up authentically and how you serve the world if that's what you're meant to do, whether it's through a product or a service, right? Because hair, hair people, we're in a service-based industry where we're giving a lot of ourselves in that service to our client and it's that experience. And even if you they leave with the best beautiful hair, if their experience with you wasn't amazing and they didn't connect with you, um, the likeliness is they may or may not come back. Um, and I think, you know, sharing our stories and being vulnerable is something that a lot of people in the beauty industry or the creative industry space are familiar with um, at a certain level. And we can do that one-on-one -on -one with our clients. Um, and I know so many hairdressers who their clients leave looking better, but also feeling better about themselves or about like just all as a whole. And yeah. that's what for me was the catalyst to move into the coaching space because I started to have these long-term relationships with clients. And that was the part that I really connected with was the conversations we were having. And unbeknownst to me, I was learning how to have, you know, interviews for 22 years behind the chair. You get a new guest, you ask them questions, you learn about them, and then you become relatable. Um, and then you learn what you like to talk about and what you don't. And so then I learned who my ideal clients were and who I wanted to have these conversations with. And that started to empower me to like speak about things that I wanted more and they ended up coming more into my life. I started getting more clients that I liked and more business that I liked and more people being like, could you maybe coach me? And that same thing, like, it started to just happen on its own because I was starting to share and be vulnerable of like the things that were going on in my life. Um, and a lot of that, nothing to do with what like I kind of talk about now, right? I, I used to be, or I still am into health and fitness, but I used to compete and, and, and do figure competitions and stuff. And by way of like, just something I was passionate about and sharing it, people started asking me questions. And so it's, it's so true, like what you say, and it, I love the backstory of it taking six, seven years for, and then a friend to call you out like, hey, when are you gonna start doing this thing? Um, I think so many people wanna flip the script and decide one day that this is what they wanna do and they get really stuck. And that's where like the doubt and whatnot comes in because you can't just show up as this, you know, TEDx speaker coach without putting some of that work into yourself and starting to just like, learn that skill set too and get more confident of what you are trying to share and making it make sense and i think that's so key because all of the girls that were on today they all knew like kind of what they wanted to put out into the world but none of them are really showing up on social media like they should be talking about things that support them the process that they go through to create the businesses that they have um and i i know that it's all evolves around self-doubt and comparison um and I know you have so many tools to really help people like get out of that. Um, can we drop some like key yeah. takeaways that people can like, they're listening, they're on their walk, they're in the car right now. They're maybe gonna re-listen to this because they're distracted and they can't write these things down. Like, are there some things that we can use that can give us a little bit of a transformation uh, when these things kind of pop up and we're like struggling in those Absolutely. Actual... Okay, cool. Absolutely. So there's two things that are crucial. Um, actually three things, you know, taking them right from my TEDx talk where some, someone wants to dive deeper, deeper and, and in more detail, I recommend checking that out. I'd say the first thing starts with, you know, recognizing, as we said in the beginning, that self-doubt is really a conversation and that the reason this conversation has power over you is because in most cases you are hiding this conversation. You are not being truthful about the kind of conversation that's happening in your mind because you think mm. 
if people found out what I think in my mind, they're going to leave me. Mm. Let's pause there for a second. Because that is maybe the only thing you need to share right now, because I feel like that is so relatable. And if you're human, there's definitely some truth to that for us, no matter how advanced you are in your career, or what level you're playing at right now. Um, that one's good. That one's really good. Yeah. Think, think about this. You know, there's so much judgment that is happening in your mind right now. You know, oh, I'm stupid. I'm fat. Mario's stupid. Mario's fat. You know, all of that, you know, and then you think, oh my God, I'm thinking that. Oh my goodness. Oh no. Why am I thinking that? Oh, that's, oh, wow. And then you beat yourself up for that, right? <gasps> because at some point when you were younger in the, in the education system, maybe when you know, with your parents, you have learned or you have made an association that punishment leads to learning when it's really a very, very short-sighted way of learning and is extremely, extremely ineffective and unsustainable, right? You take out the whip. Just look at how many of us are treating animals. Bad dog, boom, sit, bad dog, bad dog. And then the dog, you know, come on, it's good dog. So we're sort of learning the same way. You know, when you're in school, you know, you raise your hand courageously when the teacher asks you what's two plus two and you're like five <laughs> and the teacher says no it's wrong and you're, like, <gasps> and you're shocked in that moment right whereas where and some people might laugh you know whereas another way you might say no thank you for being so courageous and and saying that you know that's not really what we were looking for however that's also great that you have a perspective on this right so we're not we're not applauding effort we're only rewarding the outcome which in many ways to us sounds oh yeah that makes a lot of sense but if you look at the mental conversation that we have it's all based in judgment and resistance and the the thing is that most of us don't understand is the mind doesn't understand the difference between here's what i want and here's what i don't want the mind only knows whatever you focus on that's why when you are going on a straight line and this is actually a study um in Australia, there's this very, very long straight line in the desert in Australia where there's like every 50 or 100 miles or so, there's a telephone post, you know, one of those SOS things. And, you know, people drive straight. It's a straight line. Most of the accidents that lead to tragedy that happen on that road are at that telephone post. Why? It's just the telephone post. It's very hard to actually hit. Why? Because when you drive straight and you look at it, you look at it, you know, you focus on it. That's where the mind takes you. And so when you focus in your mind on, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm so stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. So you are reaffirming the limited identity that even created the self-doubt in the first place. So that's why, you know, getting out the doubt that is in your mind, sharing it with someone you can trust, saying, hey, you know what? Today... I've been telling myself that I'm stupid, that I'm not good enough. I've been blaming you. You know, there's all these words here and I, I just want to get them out. They really have nothing to do with you. It's just a program that is being played out here. And you can do that. I promise you that will create space. And if you're in a relationship, and by the way, I work with, as you said, business leaders, CEOs, high performers. We work on their business and we work on mindset. In nine times out of 10 cases, their relationships dramatically improve. One of my previous clients, she was like, you know, my business was growing. I feel more peace than ever. My relationship with my husband has never been so good. I'm not a relationship coach, but I teach people how to create intimate connections with other people. First of all, creating them with yourself. So if you do that thing, it will create so much space for you.
Well, and you, you referenced earlier and I wrote it down, um, whatever you hate, you become right. And people are fighting with each other because they're fighting with themselves. So how could you go home and have a healthy relationship if you're in constant, like talking shit to yourself? How could you, there's no way, because that is so relatable to me. And I'll be vulnerable here in that aspect of it too, of being able to see what personal development and having a better ticker tape going on and reframing things about myself is with the relationship because I was only in a relationship at the level I was at before. And so what was mirroring back was also self-doubt and comparison and actually worse than I was. Um, And when I finally got away from that and started to do my own work, I attracted somebody at a much higher frequency who saw the value in me. And so when those moments come up for me, I can share, like you just said, tell somebody, and we can have a conversation about it. And instead of helping me go down the spiral, like the last one did, he helps talk me up. No, remember you've done this and like, you're good. And I can see like, it's just such a different energy. And I can actually have a conversation about it and be fucking real with myself because I now know what's going on in my head. And same that event I was at, I found myself judging, judging what people were saying, judging how the production was being run. Like I was like judging, judging, judging. And I was like, why are you judging? And I was like, in my head, I thought, because I could help them do it so much better. It wasn't like, oh my God, they suck. Like, it was like, oh, I love doing things like this. I wonder if they know, like, this could have helped. Like, it was a judgment place of, I did feel bad for thinking it. But at the same time, I let myself think it because it was really not from a bad place. I didn't want to fight with them and be like, this was the worst event I've ever been to. I was literally like, they're doing such a courageous, great job. Just like you said, with the student raising their hand, they've raised their hand. They showed the fuck up. They're doing the things in spite of maybe their self-doubt too. Um, but, you know, I've been to a lot of events. That was just me and my take on it. But I felt the judgment come up and I, I checked myself. I was like, you're such a bitch. But then I thought, why are you feeling? <laughs> I, I, I have done enough work now. That I was like, why are you judging them? Why are you thinking any of this, this stuff? You can see he's nervous. You can see she's nervous. I think she's probably doing her best today. Like how rad, 90% of the people in the audience wouldn't have the guts to get up there and do that. So how do we reframe that? And like, how do you see yourself in them and be like, I wanna do that too. And that's really what it was. It was me also judging myself because I haven't yet put myself on a stage like that. And, And so it was such a full circle moment. And I was so grateful to have had tools and have people like you that I've listened to who share that perspective of like, Okay, you're feeling the feeling. That's cool. You can tell yourself you suck today for one second. Acknowledge that. And then like, how do we reframe of like, you know, okay, maybe that's not how I wanted it to be. Like, what could I be proactive about instead of going down the spiral and then never showing up again? Yeah. And, and you know, you said something very, very crucial. Judgment of others always starts with judgment of yourself. The only reason you're judging anything outside of you is because you are already judging yourself. 100%. And what I'm, what I, what I was hearing, and that's something as I'm offering, might be for you to look at. You know, when you're looking at, oh, they could be doing such a better job, you know, that kind of thing. I would be curious to see if there's not a an expectation in a role that you have for yourself where you think that you're responsible for that. A hundred percent. Sort of, if it's not happening, you're like, oh, I'm failing here. You know, they should be doing a better job. I should be taking care of them and, and running the whole show when it's not even your responsibility. And the reason I, I know these things is because 
I did that for a very long time. And sometimes that still comes up inside of me. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I'm a part of something else right now that I'm, I've been experiencing a lot of, and just to be, this is my podcast and this is why I have these spaces because this is true stuff. Like I've had a lot of um, judgment come up around how this other program and group is going. And I think it's because these expectations of how I thought I would show up for it and how mm. I was or wasn't a part of it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of expectations and I feel like expectations are one of those things like judgment that can kill things. Because yeah. if you do something, especially in a service-based coaching industry or a podcast, or when you're putting out value or, and you have this expectation of how it's going to land, how well it's going to do the accolades you're going to get back from it or whatever the case might be and those expectations are not met then the self-doubt really comes right. i'm a piece of shit i didn't do like all right. of those things and I've, I've seen it happen to a lot of people who have that greatness and are putting themselves out there i coached a girl for a while and her her ticker tape even though she does and has the track record and the money and the quote-unquote success her ticker tape is still, I'm a piece of shit. I suck. That wasn't good enough. Like somehow she's learned to just put the shit out there, but she still struggles with that. And she still jokingly yeah. talks to herself like that out loud in front of people. Um, and it's, it's those things where, you know, she does recognize, so she's doing one and, and that, that, that is it at a conversation. Um, so what, what do we do when we get to that point too, where, okay, we're like, okay, I'm in acknowledgement that I am saying this shit to myself. I'm repeating yeah. these old patterns. Um, you maybe have had a little bit of success. Like I said, she's putting the stuff out there, but she's still talking to herself like that. The judgment's yeah. still rearing its ugly head. The the comments are still free flowing in her brain. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. And that gets me straight to the second point is the answer to that is, is forgiveness. Ooh. That's a, that's a very big topic. So let me pull back a little bit and let's look at where does self-doubt come from? Like initially. Because when you come into the world, and you will know this better than I do because you're a mom, when you come to the world as a child, children are truly tapped into abundance. They are naturally curious, confident, and courageous. They don't really have any filters. They have no problem dancing butt naked around strangers, you know, them looking at the, their body and they're thinking, yeah, you know, but you fast forward the tape 10 years and you go, like, oh my God, I could never do that, you know? So what happens in between? You know, you are this free-flowing, abundant being without any limitations. And then 10 years later, you're like, oh, Instagram life. Oh, my goodness. They all hate me. So usually around the age of six, sometimes a little bit before, sometimes a little bit later, an event happens where, you know, you go from I am this complete being to I am broken. Something needs something is wrong with me. And that is because in a moment, we experience a loss of power. There's an experience usually around failure. For me, I can share this with you. I was in kindergarten. I was in the schoolyard. We were playing ball. I brought the ball and one of the girls picked up the ball, stopped the game, looked at me in front of the whole schoolyard and said, Mario, that's against the rules. You cannot do that. And I, in that moment, it was traumatic for me. I was, I was deeply ashamed and embarrassed and I didn't know what to do in that moment. I was frozen. That's the trauma that was born in that moment. And so what happens in that moment is your unconscious mind makes a decision. The decision that I made was, I will prove you wrong. I went up to her, took the ball and said, this is my ball and I make the rules. 
So what was born in that moment was the pattern of, I will prove you, I will show you. From that day onward, I became the best at everything. I had to show everyone that I was the best, the best looking, the best talking, the most eloquent, the most exquisite in, in the way that I was doing things in life, you know? And so it was showing itself throughout my entire life that I had to become the best and prove it to people, which was creating this disconnection in my life a lot with a lot of people, you know, it was creating a lot of success. But it was at that moment that it was born, the self-doubt was born because the idea was born of something is wrong with me. I made a mistake. And this, this thing, this origin is still haunting you today. This is why you still doubt yourself. This is why you, this woman that you were uh, talking about, this is why she's talking herself down because she's learned talking herself down as a protection mechanism. It gives her something. It could be a relationship with her parents, you know. There's all these connections to the past. But what forgiveness does, it looks back at the past. And it doesn't have to be into your child. It could be yesterday when you said something that offended another person and you felt so embarrassed that that happened and you blame yourself. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Forgiveness is cutting the emotional cord. Forgiveness is saying it's okay. It's okay. And it brings you back to the truth. The truth is you couldn't have acted in any other way. It's not possible. Today, you look back and you get to have a new insight because the whatever happened already happened. But in that moment, you couldn't have acted in any other way. You see, for me, forgiveness was life transforming. I forgave someone who emotionally abused me. He used to be my best friend. He became addicted to cocaine. We did party drugs together. He went down a very dark road and he did like very, very, very evil things. And I hated his guts. I wanted him to die. And I was carrying that on a daily basis, you know, and it was preventing me from creating friendships with other men. I wasn't trusting any other men and I wasn't trusting myself because in the moment, not only when something happens with another person, not only do you distrust the other person, you trust, distrust yourself because you're like, how could you be so stupid and let that happen? Mm. See, in the next time you're thinking about doing something risky that's outside of your comfort zone, so you're like, well, remember Jess, hmm? the last time you did that and you were so naive and you were just, yeah, look at me. Yeah, you know how that worked out. Not going to happen. So you go out with 50% and the other 50% are in your past. And so forgiveness is also coming back to the truth. You know, I'm not a religious person, but I always remember the statement that, uh, that you know, I don't know if it's true, but apparently Jesus made on the cross to God. You know, he said, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. And I was like, what? That, that's so stupid. They're like spearing him to death. He's like, they, it's like, wouldn't you just take an AK-47 and, and blast them all down? It's like, that's what I would do. And I was like, and I never got that. And that sort of pissed me off. It triggered me. And I, was, and I was like, wait a minute. And then I studied the mind. And now I understand why forgiveness is the only thing, thing that makes sense. Because whatever you have done, you didn't know what you were doing. If it was coming from an, if it was come, it was resulted in anything bad or negative or hurtful, you weren't doing that intentionally, consciously. You were asleep, just like you're driving the car and you're listening, and you're on the phone with Nancy and you're eating your your uh, Starbucks uh, sandwich and you're sipping your mocha floca floca whatever. Right? You're doing all the things at the same time and somehow you arrive, you know, in perfect condition 45 minutes later. It's a program, but you think. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. That was all my fault. And so you're carrying that guilt 
and that shame and that's draining your batteries emotionally. That's making you procrastinate. It's making you overthink. It's causing you anxiety. It's causing you depression. It's causing all of the things, literally all of them. And then you end up, you know, you reach that almost destination completely exhausted. Like, <gasps> and then you're like, let me do this super fucking scary thing and go live on Instagram. Yeah, no way you're going to do that. Have fun with all the affirmations, you know, eventually that's going to cause you to burn out and hate yourself and drown in alcohol, porn, drugs, or whatever, you know? Gee, take him to church. I was feeling myself in all of that. Um, and I, I think, you know, I was raised Catholic. And so you to pull a Jesus verse that just brought me back to like, you, we, we, all, we all want things to be explainable. And I think that's the guilt and shame sometimes is we can't explain why we did something before. And so not, I'm not super, uh, I don't always have to know the things, but I also do need to know the things. Like, why did I do that? Why did I make that choice? And sometimes I am so hard on myself when it comes to past decisions or things that I've done that, yeah, there probably is a lot of, a huge level of guilt and shame that you carry around. And you said something really important that even though maybe you show up and do the thing, you're only doing it 50%. I, that I felt that. I think you were saying that to me because at some level, you know, we want to tell ourselves we're playing full out or, and I preach this. Mm. Um, and I feel mm -hmm. like there's always a deeper level that we can take it. There's always a little bit bigger. We can show up and there's always a little bit more effort we can put into things. Um, and I, that, that rings true for me. And I wonder if, you know, you listening, if this is resonating with you, because I think forgiveness is something we don't talk about a ton and it's something that's not just for other people. It's like when we talk about boundaries, I talk about boundaries as something for me personally, not for other people that I create boundaries for myself, not to wear as a badge. So everybody else knows my boundaries they are for me. And I would imagine forgiveness is very much the same. You know, you hated your friend for so long. And the only way you'd get over those feelings is if you forgave him and yourself for the choices you made, the experiences you had, uh, you can't change any of it. What's done is done, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, yeah. and, and the forgiveness around, around that and the conversation that you continue to tell yourself until you are able to forgive yourself. So let's tie it off with the, with the third one. What's the, the third and final closing transitional piece we can give them. The third one is, is everything in life is a relationship. It's never the thing that you think is holding you back. It's not the self-doubt. It's not the anxiety. It's not your husband snoring at night. It's not your 20. <laughs> You're like, maybe it's that. <laughs> right? it's, it's never the thing that you think is holding you back. It's not the lack of money. It is your relationship to that. Because you can say, okay, either you say, there's only two ways. There's only two relationships in the universe. There's, there's trust or distrust. If you say, I should not doubt myself, the doubt becomes stronger and has more power over you. But if you say, hello, doubt, you are a reminder to fill up my self-love tank. And here's how we're going to do that, right? Here's how we're going to fill up the self-love tank. You take both of your hands, you place them over your heart, and you take three deep breaths. Two more. One more. Now you have calmed your nervous system. 
now you have given that voice that just came to you saying, ah, 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 ah. it's okay. It's okay. Just breathe. I'm here. You're not saying stop. Stop crying. Stop being anxious. It's okay. So you come to acceptance. Always. Oh, never try make any changes before first accepting where you are. And when you can accept, that means now you access a greater level of peace, which also means you're now becoming aware and conscious of what's actually going on, which means now for the first time, you get to make a new choice. You are not repeating the same thing that you keep doing every single day. You don't, you're no longer triggered. So now you can actually think about all of the things that you already know that you've listened to here on this amazing podcast. When you're like, wait, what was Jess saying the other time? Oh, okay. Okay. Remember who you really are. Okay. Who am I? Oh, I'm powerful. I'm infinite. I'm amazing. I'm free. God, what would I do now? Okay. Now I will do this. I'm going to go live. See, this is how you change patterns by doing this simple thing. And self-doubt will help you do that. Why? Because when this doubt comes, don't fight it. Embrace it as a friend who's here to remind you to fill up your self-love tank. And that, by definition, makes you fucking unstoppable. Ooh. Oh my gosh, this has been so powerful and therapeutic all in the same token. And I know if I'm feeling this buzzy and lit up by everything that you had to say, I feel like my tank just got a little fuller. Um, you guys go back and listen to this episode. I don't say that very often, but there was a lot in this one. It was jam-packed. And if you want to get to know Mario a little bit deeper, like he said, he has this TEDx that you can go and you can and get to know a little bit more about his story and connect with him on social media. Is that where you like to hang out? Is that where people can come spend some time with yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Instagram, you know, I'm there quite quite often. LinkedIn works as well. Connect with me there. You know, I would love for you to watch the TEDx talk first and then reach out, connect with me. Let me know what resonated. Maybe something didn't resonate. Maybe like, no, that's not true. That's stupid. I want to hear about it. <laughs> I love that. Always open for the feedback. I feel that same here. If you love this episode, please share it with somebody else who you know could get some value from it and who maybe needs to hear how to fill up their self-love tank and stop doubting themselves. Um, I think we know everybody knows a couple of people who could probably really benefit from listening to this and just being reminded that it's not a place of judgment. It's something that you can, can kind of learn to embrace and love on. And, and really, I love how you just close that with it's mm -hmm. just a reminder that you need to fill up your self-love tank and y'all know i'm here for the self-love i'm here for the woo-woo shit just as much as i'm here for the practical <laughs> shit and taking action in the business and yada 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 but first and foremost is recognizing what the fuck is actually going on in your body and um and being around people like us who who just want to pour into you so that you can show up and, and do the things you're put on this earth to do so we are sending you so much love mario thank you so much for your time and if you love shit like this, I am happy to send you my fuck yeah Fridays. Text me the word, well, fuck yeah is great, but also the word <laughs> Friday to 619-332-3045. And I will send you a text message and we can connect further there. You can also join the Beauty Insiders membership where we meet biweekly to talk about how to grow your personal brand, where we have epic people like Mario on sharing how they developed and grew their personal brand so that they could start to make a bigger impact in the world. Uh, Love you all guys so much. I'm so thankful to have this platform to share this cool shit on this podcast. It means the world. Um, and we will see you guys on the next one.
Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could share it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to more people. So until next time, be you unapologetically. Thanks,